0: It's Illum Group's Andrea Lay. Views Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Shree, And I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom. And I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. i be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CBG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th. And it's time for the fresh four, four curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. we brought to you through our partnership with RetailWit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news. RetailWit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Sri.
1: In case you're wondering what this background is I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media, as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization of their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding off this is set by Sara Marzano, principal analyst and e-marketer, who advertises the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that will hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea.
2: Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect an in-store retail media network powered by quad graphics. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners. Throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all of the SaveMart companies' approximately 200 stores. This is SaveMart's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter.
0: Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats partnership for alcohol delivery. Eight states, nearly a thousand Right Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailer's expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of Legal Drinking Aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote: Our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience that complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the fresh for now. On to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Shri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter.
3: Hello, folks. Labor Day is behind us. It is do-or-die time in Major League Baseball. And welcome to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. At this stage, the Yankees are chasing the number 62. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. You're going to have to go figure it out. Second half of the season has not looked as good, but we're chasing the number 62. I'm, of course, Shri, the West Coast CPG guy, and joining me, of course, is the East Coast CPG guy. I chose to say West Coast, East Coast because baseball season is coming to an end. Our joint common interest, the New York Giants and Daniel Jones, will be taking the field this weekend for the first time for this season, and we hope to keep it uh, together as we see Saquon Barkley in action as well, who's, of course, been injured every year, but I don't want to go off on a tangent. So let me say hello to the man with the golden voice himself, Mr. PBS Bond, who's, of course, the SVP of Loyalty and Partnerships at Fetch Rewards. But before I get to that, I want to remind all of you that September, at the time of the air in this podcast, is Hispanic Heritage Month, in allyship of the Hispanic community, Research, learn, discover your own allyship journey. Mr. Bond, how are you today? You don't
0: want to go off on a tangent, Sri. That's all you do on this podcast is go up and down rabbit holes all day long. This is what happens, Risa. He's bicker like this. And as for me, I, I just don't know, Shri. I'm getting a little nervous with only 18 and a half games up in the West of the National League. I, I'm feeling a little
3: nervous going into the playoffs. No, not That's really. That's perfect. Perfect. We are still three games ahead of Tampa.
0: But I'm looking forward to going to see uh, one more baseball game with you at least. Probably even not a regular season, even catching a football game with you soon.
3: Yes. But uh, all, all good things. That game is actually uh, in a few hours from now, Peter. Red Sox at Yankees. Can't wait for it. Hopefully should be a lot of fun. And so let me remind our audience that all of our content can be found by visiting cpgguys.com. We have a brand new website, as you know, all sorts of rich content. A merch store that y'all asked us for. You want to wear our t-shirts? You're welcome to. You can even have mugs that have Peter and my mug shots. You like that joke, Peter? And episodes organized into themes like retail media and loyalty. Sign up there for a very soon-to-be-released newsletter if you don't have enough content from us already. If you aren't following us on LinkedIn, please do so. You'll be joining 16,000 other industry professionals on an entertaining educational journey. We manage two close groups on LinkedIn, CPG e-commerce, retail media professionals. Over 1,000 of you have already joined us. Please consider doing so yourself. We keep the content purely on retail media and e-commerce on those two networks. We're also on other social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We have stories, we have posts, we have reels. Feel free to engage on all of them. We have a new series that we've been working hard on called CPG Guys Knowledge Drop. Easiest way for you to find it on TikTok or on Instagram is simply go to the search bar and type CPG Guys Knowledge Drop and you'll be able to see all of those. It's a fun way to learn about our industry. Of course, remember to check out our sister podcast, the FMCG Guys Hosted by our friends Daniel and Efrain, they take the CPG Guys podcast format across the pond and speak to retail and FMCG luminaries from a European perspective. Go to fmcgguys.com, that easy. And check out our latest addition to our family, the CPG Scoop, hosted by Jennifer and Risa. They conduct snackable conversations with industry veterans. It's a fun way to discover what's new and next in CPG Commerce and Marketing. Best way to get there? Visit cpgscoop.com to learn a whole lot more. Peter and I are proud to partner with NextUp, what used to be formerly known as the Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote the cause of gender equality and career development. Visit nextupisnoworg slash cpgguys to learn more about this group. November is Women's Month on the CPG Guys. If you want to be featured here on this show, drop us a note, contact at cpgguys.com. We'll speak more. You will see several featured luminaries from the industry, all female, leaders in our industry featured here on the CPG guys. And soon we'll be also uh, announcing a partnership we have for fundraising for a charitable cause in November. More to come on that. Elevating your brand with digital advertising and campaigns tailored and match to the active moment. Every time is what today is all about using moments and personalization to deliver advertising that resonates with consumers effectively supports the shopper journey. This translates to digital campaigns that have measurable impact and happy partners who return again and again. This is a key. Doing this yields high advertising ROI and delivers outcomes from the brand and shopper. So let's get into it. Joining us for today's episode is Risa Crandall, a friend to the podcast and SVP of CPG strategy and sales at Aki, along with Alia Ali, director of omnichannel shopper marketing at my former alma mater, Johnson & Johnson Consumer. Risa, of course, is a multi-guest starring artist on the CPG Guys, and this one of several episodes of Aki partnering with the CPG Guys. If you go to our website, you can easily find several others. All you have to do is go to our homepage, cpgguys.com, hit view all, and then in the search bar that pops up, type Aki, A-K-I. Join Peter and me in welcoming to the podcast, Risa and Alia. Risa and Alia, welcome. How are you both?
2: We are great. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here rounding out of Labor Day and going into the next all-important end of Q3 and Q4 in our industry. Excited to be here.
4: Yes, thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to just talking all things retail media. Uh, Thanks again for the invitation.
3: Peter, she said the word. Oh boy, that's a danger word here on the show because that's my favorite topic, retail media. We're going to have so much fun. And of course, if you've heard uh, the CPG guys before, you know that that is my favorite word. But before we get to the questions that Peter and I have prepared for our conversation, Risa, would you take a second and let our audience know where on the web they can learn more about Key, and would you kindly give us a brief introduction to the company and your role?
2: Absolutely. Happy to do. So Aki Technologies, I always like to give folks that understanding that it's a key to your success, how you pronounce those three little three little letters. Um, you can find us at a.ki. We do have the shortest URL, I believe, in the industry. And we do it by design because we want to make it easy for our friends and our clients to find us. So Key Technologies is coming up on eight years in the technology industry. And our point of view is looking to see how we can align our moments AI to power personalization and drive performance for our brands. We've been very successful in this formula and looking at those receptive moments that are ours and ours alone. We are now part of Inmar Intelligence. So that gives us what I like to call a first party data boost into how we look at these different moments and be able to help our clients really understand and unlock opportunities in the digital space, the commerce space that they didn't even know existed. So a key, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can always find me on LinkedIn. we we'll go to a.ki and there's, a lot of great resources for anybody to explore and then reach on out.
3: And Aliyah, if I can uh, ask you to do the same, which is a brief introduction of what you do at My Pharma Alma or Johnson & Johnson Consumer, you and I have had the luxury of working together in a past life. And if someone wanted to follow your work, how would they do that?
4: Awesome. Yes. So, Aliyah Ali, I lead the Omni Channel marketing team here at Johnson & Johnson. My team and I own the joint omni-channel media campaign and activation plan for our consumer brands. Our function is at the intersection between brand marketing and retailer strategy. So we work with our retail marketing teams, uh, vendors like Aki and, and agency partners to understand the retail media and marketing ecosystem. And our goal is to unlock partnership opportunities as well and build plans to deliver on both the brand strategy as well as our retailer objectives. Because ultimately, our goal is to drive that integration between our in-store presence and our online experience to really enable consumers to discover, to shop, to purchase however they want and whenever they want. So um, when it comes to, you know, if people want to find my work, how may they do that? Um, I basically have to do a better job at Aaliyah Ali's internal PR strategy. But right now, the best way to do that is to reach out via email or social media, which can be found on my LinkedIn page.
3: Aliyah, of course, I have lived out your life in being the internal PR strategy for everything e-commerce in the same company at some point. So I do understand what you're speaking to out here. Thank you to both of you for eloquently putting out there what y'all do and what your respective company does for our audience. All of the data, including LinkedIn profiles, the uh, corporate websites for both Aki and J&J will be in the digital liner notes of this podcast. So I'm going to get into the conversation parts of this episode. And before I do that, let me kick it off by saying key technology, a key to your success. I love that, Risa. I'm going to use that a lot from now go forward. So Ali, I'll start with you. Your career once at a University of California Riverside, not too far from where I live here in SoCal, and rich background in brand marketing with Neutrogena intersected. And now of course you're um, focused on omnichannel shopper marketing, which connects you directly with the retail customer. Take us through the years coming out of U of C Riverside all the way to omnichannel shopper marketing leadership for J and J Consumer. How did that happen? What did you have to the trials and tribulations and what advice would you give? Other folks who want to wear your shoes someday, which is to be that omni-channel shopper marketing leader and for large brands.
4: Yes, it has been quite a journey. You know, I've pretty much grown up working for Johnson & Johnson within the consumer division. You know, this has been the only company I've ever had to work for. Um, That's pretty surprising. I've been with the company now 18 years. And during my tenure, I have been given a lot of different opportunities to flex and learn new skill sets, which is probably the main reason why I still work for Johnson & Johnson. I started in trade marketing or customer strategy, which is what we call it today. And I really got to learn how to make a holistic business plan, especially working with cross-functional teams like supply chain and finance that had very different goals and metrics. And there I actually learned the true meaning of collaboration and servant leadership. Um, From there, I moved on to work within the consumer development organization, taking on various different roles, calling on mass retailers, food retailers. And this is where I quickly mastered the art of negotiation, the true art of selling even, to build and foster relationships, which in sales is a very critical skill set. So Up to this time, my career was focused primarily in sales and customer development. And I remember the exact moment when one of my mentors, who was the general manager of Neutrogena at the time, she said to me, where do you see yourself long term? And I said, I want to be you. And she looked at me and said, well, you know, you have great customer experience, but your capabilities in marketing and digital marketing are quite limited. And that's when it kind of occurred to me that in order to truly be a commercial leader, I needed to have multiple functional expertise. You know, so eight years ago, it wasn't common at j and for sales folks to move into marketing divisions without a marketing background. Most marketers came up more through the traditional route from MBA school. So I actually was the first sales manager to land a marketing role and boy were all eyes on me but i kept my head down and i just learned i focused on the consumer i learned how to write a proper brief with meaningful insights i focused on ways to engage with my target audience and ultimately look for ways to convert her and at that point i started leveraging my sales experience to challenge the way marketers were presenting operational plans and sell decks And ultimately, we developed a new marketing business plan process. So today, I feel like I'm a better marketer because of my sales experience and vice versa. And today, I lead our Omnichannel marketing team. And it's a great role because I get to flex both the sales background I have, as well as the marketing functional expertise. So the advice that I would give someone looking into getting into this space is that to be patient because the space is really dynamic? It will stretch you because it's hard to be an expert at retail media capabilities because it's constantly changing with data optimizations with personalization. But it's fun. It's the type of role where you don't need to choose between selling, digital marketing, or brand marketing as your role touches all three. And here at JNJ, we believe that this is our future truly connected commerce and finding that right balance of ways of working. And the second piece of advice I would say is that it's okay to be uncomfortable in this space because we're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to find the right high value audience in terms of optimization, search planning, et cetera. The key truly is to figure out the right moment that matters.
0: Before I get to my question for Risa, I'll welcome Aliyah to the podcast. I know it's been over three years since Shri was at j and J. I I hope you're still not cleaning up after the mess that he left. That's a joke, Shri. That's a joke. <laughs> but in any event, welcome Tica to the Take a Tylenol, Peter. <laughs> I'll do my best. So uh, uh, let me now welcome back to the podcast our dear friend and part of the CPG guys family, Risa Crandall. Risa, welcome. Um, my question for you is pretty straightforward. What is the importance of receptive advertising and how is a key enabling that for your clients like J? Yeah,
2: so the key with receptive advertising is to really unlock if the consumer is in that moment that an ad message will connect with them. So making sure that our programs are going to be responsive to the consumer, as Aaliyah said, putting the consumer right in the center, right? The consumer has gotta be where the focus is. If the consumer is prime for an ad message, then let's think about that. But let's also think about if they are, what moment are they in that will tell us, is it someone who is taking a quick walk into their Costco or is it someone who's reclining back and watching some video and, and enjoying a little bit of time away from Zoom. So understanding their receptivity gives us an understanding to that consumer journey to know where they are, that we should message them or not. And when it's a not, we don't at a key message that consumer because we're very efficient. We bring our J&J brands into that opportunity of what format, what should we say, and what action items should we be giving that consumer based on their receptivity. If they are, again, walking into a Costco or they're placing that Costco online order, for example, those are different moments. And that's how we think about the personalization. So receptivity is about programs that are going to deliver on brand and conversion with the technology that we bring our companies like Johnson & Johnson.
3: Thank you so much for that, Risa. You know, Risa's ability to take some of these tough topics like receptivity, receptive advertising, and then break them down into simple English I love each time that you come on the podcast and do that for our audience. I'll jump over to Alia and jump into the moment that matters today, which is the intersection between the work Aki has been doing for J&J Consumer as a good partner of yours. So we'd love to learn how does that partnership actually work between the both of you? Is it your team, Alia? And if so, what is it that you're executing on that you're finding value from and who gets involved?
4: Yeah, so we work with a key um with various retail partners today like Walmart, Walgreens, Family Dollar, that's just to name a few. But I would say that we have a strong partnership based on our mutual understanding and identification of unique audiences for targeting. You know, a key also understands our consumer profile and retailer demographics. So it makes it easier to work through the personalization messaging with different permutations, which then becomes much easier to deliver and ultimately drive higher brand conversion. So, you know, the team, my team works with um, the group to actually understand the nuances between brands like Listerine, which are very different than brands like Neutrogena, and to find that strategic Moment that matters to our consumer makes all the difference Uh, and it helps them to purchase our products seamlessly. So for, you know, back to school integration, you know, they offer closed loop approach for strategy to activation, to final measurement and, and learning. And we appreciate that because we're dealing with, you know, messaging for the consumer, which could be very different than messaging for the shopper. And so to be able to deal with multiple brands with different audiences, that permutation matters. Um, And the authenticity that we actually go with that actually showcases in the work that we have together. And I will
2: say it's very collaborative, right? When we work with J&J, we work with Alia and her team, when we work with the agency, when we work with J3 and Universal McCann, it is very collaborative to think about those moments and to think about the creative messaging, and then to think about those target audiences, so that it, it, that's when the magic happens, right? When everybody can collaborate and really think about what are those best practices that are going to drive the performance home for the brands. And really, J and J is right there at that top of the list, if not the tippy top, to really be that collaborative partner to be able to have those dialogues and those conversations so programs are successful time and time again.
3: J three Peter brings back a lot of memories. I still remember sitting in the 1435 Broadway office hanging over 6th Avenue. We've watched maybe four consecutive Thanksgiving parades from the Overhang boardroom there. But more importantly, I still remember when we kicked off this journey in late 2015 and kind of worked on what is retail media for Jane? What does it even mean? But where you are today and what you described it all the way to receptive advertising, like it sounds like things have progressed so far ahead. And congratulations to both of you. Who wanting to make a difference in the industry with retail media in general. We shouldn't say retail media.
4: Yeah, and I think we've come a long way. And, you know, we are still I, – I still believe we have a whole lot more opportunities to untap the capabilities, you know, and I think that it will evolve over time. Uh, but I definitely think partners like key help us better refine our strategies to target that right audience. Yep. And
2: we when we've talked to there's so much more that we can do. And that's, you know, you you go together down the journey and then you think about what other technologies could really enhance the, the partnership. And again, J&J is so open and we have just healthy dialogues about how we look to achieve each individual campaign and then look holistically across the entire annual thought process to ensure that we are personalizing to be able to drive that performance home.
0: So collaboration is clearly a core component of a successful partnership with a key. Um, Risa, from your perspective, what else can a, a client of yours expect from a key in driving partnership that is measurably successful?
2: Yeah. So what clients can really expect is strategic thinking, you know, thinking about, are we launching a new product? Are we regaining a consumer? Are we retaining a consumer? Are we going after a competitor? having those strategy conversations when we start to work with clients, and then it evolves into how we can think about the annual partnership so that programs can be a lighter lift for our clients too. We're very nimble and agile here at Aki, And so we can only be as nimble and agile as our clients will, you know, be able to embrace how they work, you know, whether they plan on a quarterly or an annual basis, but we'll make those recommendations so that the investment level is really bringing home the right value. And then thinking to the measurement piece and Alia mentioned that too. So it's very important, critically important that every program be measured for sales performance, as well as brand and upper funnel metrics. So we really think with our clients together to pick the right measurement partner to ensure that when we're setting out to put the program in market and getting ready to launch, that we've thought through all those components. Now, I will say when clients will be open to new innovations and new creative opportunities, that's when also the fun can happen too, to try within a program, something that's never been done before or something that's not been done for a certain brand. And again, that's where that conversation really comes in. But J&J, Beautiful, creative, and it's always looking to see how we can take that creative message and give it that even extra personalization or that extra turbo boost, I always like to say, so that the campaign with us will have its
4: differentiation. And I will say that KPIs make a huge difference. You know, like each brand has its own set of KPIs, whether it's awareness, consideration or traffic. And each one of these requires different types of studies. So awareness goes to then a brand lift study that we get from a measurement standpoint after we do a test and learn. Um, so I do think that on the onset, you know, having clear KPIs when we're actually making our briefs makes a huge difference for measurement when we get to that stage because it ensures that we're also on the right page.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. Knowing as much as we can know prior is only going to help the program be at the height of its success.
3: Thank you to the both of you for really honing down on the fact that KPIs and metrics are important to the both of you. For I subscribe to the school in theory that if it ain't measured, it ain't getting done. So thank you for that. Let me remind our audience that Peter and I are speaking with Theresa Crandall from Aki and Ali Ali, the director of Omnichannel Shopper Marketing at the Johnson & Johnson Consumer Company. So I want to take a deeper dive, Alia, with you on everyday value. So clearly, precision marketing is the high-level answer on where the value comes from. And um, if you could address everyday value, like is it in-campaign, post-campaign, how you're actually generating it as an ROI, and then resell, come back and ask you what you feel is the primary reason that this partnership is successful.
4: Yeah, so, you know, these days providing our consumers with the right value equation is becoming even more critical to get the right shopping habit down and it's continuously evolving. So it varies by campaign. Sometimes it's within a campaign, whether it be a promotion, it could be an onset of the campaign, whether it be a claim. So it's more important for us to figure out who we're actually talking to. It could be a family that's stretching what's left, or just finding ways to budget more. So regardless, um, we need to know the types of consumers that we are addressing. So for example, with Family Dollar, we have a very budget-conscious consumer that's three times more price-sensitive than the average shopper, and they're using you know, the mobile device as their key modality. So understanding their behavior, their shopping pattern... And the modality that they're using helps us to identify the right audience and then apply a customized moment strategy. And that could be to offer a high value promotion, it could be offering an equity messaging, and then it could be about launching a very personalized campaign with them directly. So I wish it was an easy answer, but I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think it depends on what the brand objective is trying to accomplish with a target audience. And from there, we figure out the right value equation uh, within the campaign process.
2: Yeah, and I will say one size fits all, we would be all sleeping at our desks. So we appreciate the fact that that is exactly it with J&J as we have those conversations based on the retail customer, but also within that house, is that consumer adding to cart, adding to list, buying in store, right? Because the consumer is not one way. And so being mindful of that is something that j j is very good at.
4: And also, we want her to purchase multiple brands of J&J as well, right? Because the portfolio is so vast. So oftentimes, we try to narrow it to a platform strategy or a portfolio strategy based on a key event or a key milestone that the consumer may be dealing with. Um, So uh, post-preparedness in terms of vaccinations to back to school. So that moment also matters when we're talking about the entire portfolio.
0: I think what's also fascinating as you talk about this is the example you used was in the value channel in the dollar space. This is a channel where better than 50% of the transactions are cash. And so your ability to connect with a consumer when oftentimes the retailer themselves... Are challenged by that particular objective, being able to do that with a key is absolutely phenomenal. And that really, to your point, brings home the ability to connect to all of the brands within the portfolio and be able to deliver that messaging at the right time, uh, even if they're paying with cash. This is still a mechanism that allows you not to be dissuaded or otherwise uh, disabled by the more traditional way that people have been conducting commerce in physical stores, really phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it's, it's important to think about all the different ways that the consumer can transact. And that's why the adding to cart, adding to list, cash transactions, when there's an offer or not, portfolio marketing, right? So giving that consumer an opportunity to make it frictionless for them to add multiple products into their cart for especially those tentpole events. But even your everyday shopping, it's much more convenient to add three or four items in than it is one by one by one. So thinking about how we personalize based on whether the consumer's in that ready space to put three items in for J&J into the card, or if they're ready for five or if they're ready for one, because they're newer to the portfolio.
0: So Risa, my question is around something that I've been reading on a key. And, uh, you know, I come from the world of personalization, but more recently I've seen a key talking about responsive dynamic personalization. So, can you help me understand what is the evolution of this term? And can you give me some meaningful examples from a key?
2: Yeah. So, being responsive means that, you know, in digital marketing, a campaign should be. Fluid, right, as the consumer is in the different moments of receptivity as they are in the different paths of purchase or based on the different moments that are telling us which products we would recommend adding into their consideration set. So I think of one that always comes to mind when it comes to responsive and dynamic is sports, right? The sports community, you talked about it too with baseball and football. That's an opportunity to be responsive to the consumer based on the team that they follow. As part of Inmar and Aki, we have just signed a first-party partnership with Fanatics. So we have that fan information to know what teams you support. I was just out at one of my team's stadiums just this weekend. Go Badgers. And it's an opportunity to message to that consumer pre-game, in-game for all that rapid delivery opportunity, and then also post So the opportunity to have not only your teams, but your products based on how you're going to watch the game, whether you're going to watch at home, whether you're going to actually go to the stadium, or you're going to get together with friends, or maybe you're going to watch it at a bar or restaurant. So being able to keep that dynamic to you based on what products you buy, based on those moments, based on your team, based on how your team is doing in the game. I mean, to me, that kind of personalization is something that really brings a lot of value to brands to take advantage of and to think about how respectfully to the consumer that that message is going to connect with them in a stronger way. And when we've done test and control, we've seen that personalization drives higher performance. So bringing that forward in a very real-time point of view is something that we're very excited to take forward even more so. I'll add one other area too is connected TV. You know, when we all watch connected TV as consumers or as marketers, because we're both, right? If you're watching any streaming service, you tend to see the same ad over and over and over again to the point where it's not a positive for the brand, right? So we just launched just last week, CTV1, where it is through the personalization, the consumer will only see that one format, that one personalization, one time. The next time they might see an ad from a J&J or a Diageo, It will be personalized differently so that the consumer gets a different experience. gets a different nuance, has a different color, different music, different voiceover. To me, that's thinking about how personalization, again, is putting that consumer first and giving the brands the opportunity to leverage that for
4: their best success. I love that because it's kind of like A-B testing because it will then gear us with the right messaging. It helps brands kind of think about like, oh, maybe this is not resonated as much as this is. And we actually will learn a bit more about their shopping behaviors and also their path of consideration as well. So I think that's going to be a very meaningful tool for us. Yeah. It's really powerful
2: because we we listen to consumers and that's how we develop the product. And that's really how we bring our clients great solutions is really listen to the consumer and what is working and what is not working. And so CTV has a great opportunity to be that much more impactful. And just like you said, Elliot, to be able to see what is connecting with the consumer to come back to you with not only the optimization in a campaign, but that kind of data post the campaign to help inform your other marketing approaches. Hopefully more in real time. absolutely absolutely and that that's the power of the nimbleness and the agility that we are here is in real time versus waiting you know sometimes others might take 3 months or 6 months to get that data back to you and then it's we're on a different trend so being that nimble partner is something that we bring back to J&J all the time
3: Peter do you know when uh, you know that the episode is delivering exactly what the audience wants to listen when you and I don't talk much and this has been such an episode so far So, uh, Risa, you just said, deliver for the consumer, listen to your consumer. One can never go wrong when you listen to the consumer. At the end of the day, the consumer is queen and we're delivering for her. At the moment, she purchases wherever she wants, whenever she wants, and however she wants. That's what Omnichannel is all about. The show is all about. Alia, you mentioned A-B testing. So I want to kind of work my way into that space, and I'm going to use personalization uh, to do that. So I think we'd be remiss on the show if we didn't ask you, what are your predictions for personalized, customized commerce? Are you focused in this space at all with the high penetration of e-commerce we've seen in the last three years? And uh, will the role of personalization get a little bit more deeper as in it's no longer mass personalization?
4: I definitely believe there'll be a greater focus on connected commerce capabilities, meeting the consumers where they are and, A true integration of all the ways consumers can figure out what they want and how they want to receive it is going to be critical to actually untap. And I still think there's opportunities there to expand media performances, retailer or brand, to build out the capabilities. I mean, just look at what's happened in the last five years with last mile delivery, so I think that the optimization and building out the capabilities in this space will get us a bit more smarter on what they are looking for. You know, if I look at what we are focused on at J&J, it hasn't changed much since you've been on on the business tree. You know, we're still looking to deliver more profitable revenue with e-commerce. We're still looking to increase our digital Media ROI and effectiveness. We're still partnering to figure out the best way to provide a robust first party database. And, you know, if you think about even the fundamentals, we still have opportunities to drive better conversions of our PDP pages. So, you know, it's, it's really looking at a very comprehensive approach within our operating models now to redefine and optimize the ways that we're working and to scale our best practices fast. So truly, I do believe that the role of personalization will change because technology and the sophistication of technology is developing at a very rapid rate. Right. Consumers are spending more time online now at their fingertips. There are more ways for us to connect with them, to interact with them, to engage with them. So machine based learning solutions and more frictionless platform integrations are going to be key for us to delivering this high-quality, personalized consumer experience. So virtually, any industry in which brands engage directly with consumers will need to continue to create highly personalized experiences. Because let's be honest, the ultimate goal for everybody is to improve engagement and to drive sales now and in the future. So it's definitely going to evolve um, as, as we go through new capabilities and technology.
0: Shri, did you hear the words Aaliyah was using? Machine learning, connected commerce. She's one of us. Missed AI. She is. <laughs> I know. I'm just so I'm so giddy. This is a, this is absolutely exciting. Okay,
4: it's an exciting space, isn't it? It, like, it really is.
0: is. Look at
3: him, Drew. Look at him, Drew. You go, man. You
0: made his day. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a. Oh, I'm just I'm I'm flustered here. Okay. Ah, uh, you had me at machine learning. All right. So, Risa, let's close this out. You gave us a little bit of a preview around CTV. What else is exciting and new coming down the road from key? You always have new stuff to share with our audience. We love hearing about it. You are at the cutting edge. What should we be expecting next in either from you or what you see emerging overall in the advertising space?
2: Yeah. So it's interesting to think about what's coming. One of the things I'm very excited about is because we are now part of Inmar Intelligence, it's the holistic thinking of digital between display and social, right? They always have operated independently and it's time to bring them together. So Inmar has a very robust influencer in social. We're now bringing those together in our programs so that We can retarget the consumer, we can personalize social, and we can have social really be very powerful, not only with influencers, but also with NIL. When you think again about sports, we all know I'm a sports gal too, um, both personally and professionally. So the bringing together and having each of those arms do the job, but then bring it together so that the power is even stronger is something I'm very, very jazzed about doing here um, as we go forward. Sports, as I mentioned, you know, with the new fanatics relationship is something that we're super jazzed about. And then I would say the CTB1, I as I mentioned. So really thinking through what are the solutions that make sense for the consumer, which then brands can take advantage of, test out and scale. It's all about test loan scale. Right. You know, we we see that our clients when they are interested in taking that step forward in one of these new technologies, it's a component of a program. So we don't bring our clients only a new idea. We bring them a new idea included with something that's proven because we talked about measurement and how important it is. So think about those different tactics when we go to market so that we can experiment together and see what the learnings are so we can build and grow.
3: Wow. Um, I love the new space that you're going into because it's one of Peter and my favorite spaces as you hear about it week over week on the CPG Guys, often right up top. Let me remind our audience that you can find all of our content easily on a web browser by going to cpgguys.com. And if you think your company has some thought leadership to contribute to a community discussion, you can simply drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can join us on the podcast. Do not forget to drop us a rating at cpgguys.com on the navigation bar up top. That helps us actually understand how we're doing if we have the right discussions taking place here on the CPG Guys And of course, I can't thank enough of you for being part of our 16K plus followers. The move from 15 to 16 happened in less than two weeks. So uh, thank you for all the new followers who've jumped on board. Risa, Alia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
3: Mr. Bond, we've come to the magic moment. Summarize our learnings from this episode for our audience, please. And of course, pleasure doing this week over week with you. All right. Most important thing. It sounds like Risa
0: probably has some promo codes for Fanatics. Shree, we got to hit her up for those.
3: That that aside. She's going to bankrupt Fanatics just for the CPG guys. You know, we love swag.
0: I know. I know. We love swag. So I heard efficient messaging to consumers in the right moment is delivering results for J&J that... A key is used by J and J, particularly with respect to retail partnerships that they've established, and they build very efficient, targetable audiences per personalization that yields higher conversion. That's critically important. Anyone can build an audience. The question is, can you build the right audience using propensity signals that allow you to efficiently get the conversion you're looking for? Right. Great example around back to school with integration and measurement strategy. And what I also heard is from Risa, when you partner with a key strategic thinking is at the center of that partnership. Uh, I also heard from Aliyah that the modality is very important in terms of delivering the message. Um, again, the promo code from Did I mention the promo code from Fanatics? Should we get, to get that? Um, <laughs> I also heard Risa go into great detail from Risa on responsive dynamic personalization. It's about a respectful connection of the message to the consumer. I also heard about this. We've heard this before, Sri, but now we're talking connected TV, right? Personalized advertising that makes streaming TV and the advertising that goes on much more relevant. And ultimately, a greater focus on connected commerce capabilities is really what Aaliyah is seeing for the future so um as you would say Shri, a power pack episode i love this conversation ali is part of our tribe this is so exciting we are truly personalization geeks at heart and it's good to know that we have another one uh, out in the field that is a true believer in what we're trying to pursue uh with this podcast so that's it Shri. back to
3: you no debate there this was a power pack episode indeed Hope all of you enjoyed that recap. Of course, that recap also had some special words for us that we love your retail media was one of them. We're increasingly talking more and more and more about machine learning and AI. So we had a little bit of that in the middle of this as well. Let me close out by reminding our audience. Risa is a friend of the show. She has her own podcast, which is an offshoot of the CPG guys. It's called The CPG Scoop. Easy way for you to find it. Go to the LinkedIn search bar and simply type CPG Scoop and you'll find it right away. That easy. Folks, thank you for joining us. That's a wrap for this episode and we'll see you soon in another episode of the CPG Guys.
0: The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or Or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPT guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPT guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.